this is nuts. Is this crazy or what? Man, it's happening. That's the good side of the coin. Have you seen the other side of the coin? Yesterday, I put $94 worth of gas in my truck. And it's just a regular truck. I couldn't believe it. I think I'm going to have to start driving like a Brinks truck just to carry enough money around to fill it up. Anybody feeling that? Yeah, you know, we really should be praying for each other about that because some of you are in real anxiety about that. I know, that's normal. And Well, I've just been praying. It just struck me yesterday. I've just been praying that those of you who are in tough financial moments in your life, that the Spirit of the Lord just comes and touches you and sets you free because... Boy, that's distracting, isn't it? That's hard not to think about, even though the Bible says don't be anxious about anything. And so I'm just praying the Spirit of the Lord on you so that you can get there. Well, welcome to the vineyard. Everybody in the room, I'd like you to do me a big favor. Say, okay, I'll do that. Grab that white card that's inside of your program. It says connection. And you can see that on one side there's a way for you to tell us who you are and where you're from and Tell us about any prayer requests or any needs that you have right now that maybe we could help meet in your life. Um, on the other side, I think there's opportunity to sign up for stuff. Is there? There sure is. Action Grove City, mowing team and landscape team. Come on. <laughs> you gave it all you had there. Yeah. And I got a couple of woos. I, that's good. Right. That's good. At this time of the morning, I'm happy with that. So there's ways for you to sign up for stuff at the church and uh, connect with us in any way that you feel like you'd like to, and that's for everybody. And also, by the way, if you're brand new here today and you're a guest, it would be a great favor to us if you would go ahead and tell us who you are and where you're from and check that box at the top and it says you're a guest. We're very, very glad that you're here. And uh, what I'd like to ask you as a guest to do is just to make that your offering today, just to put that white card in there and let that be your offering because you're our guest, okay? Uh, in fact, as a guest, we have something we actually want to give to you. We have a welcome packet. It has some stuff about the church in here. It has a CD of some of the music that we do, and we want you to have that. So these two uh, good-looking guys, how do we get good-looking guys today? We'll make their way down. When they get near you, slow down there. Slow down. Okay, there we go. They'll just walk real nice, and they'll be looking for you. And when you get near, uh, they get near you, just raise your hand up a little bit, and they'll pass you one of those welcome packets. All right, there's also a pen in there, by the way, to fill out the white card with. And uh, by the way, if you ever don't, don't kind of miss the offering basket when it goes by for putting the white card in, feel free just to drop off your card at the front desk there, the welcome desk, okay, and it'll get to the right place, all right? Pastor Colin told Time me. for the short people. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, kindergarten through fifth grade kids are going to walk so nicely. Watch Thomas walk. He is the model of walking. That's beautiful. That is the model of, of restraint, really right? Good. He's like, wow, that is right. the model yeah. of restraint. Yeah, yes. yeah, he is holding it back, man. That's good. He is doing it. Yeah, that cat qualifies as walking. They're excited. If you're brand new here and didn't get a chance to sign up your kids for our uh, children's ministry, if you go out that small door in the back and turn left, there's a small desk for small people. All right, there we go. Now, go. All right, good morning, everybody. I am, in fact, Colin. It's good to meet you. And I'd like you all to take your bulletins back out again. You know, there's a lot going on here. I mean, we are roaring our way into the spring with lots of exciting activities, lots of things to sign up for, lots of things to get involved in. 
So I really need you guys to read through the bulletin because we've got Axe and Grove City coming up. Like I mentioned, we've got the mowing and landscape ministry that we really could use your help with. We've got announcements about the Easter service as a Good Friday service, and we've got a rummage giveaway coming up. But I'm going to need you to read through that stuff. A couple of things I want to highlight for you this morning. Uh, first of all, out in the lobby uh, today, you'll want to go out there. When you open your bulletin, hopefully you saw this about leprosy. We've got custom-made sandals that you can buy for $20, a custom-made sandal uh, for a leper. Now, I mean, it's, it's not like here where we've got dozens of shoes to, shoes to choose from. I mean, this would probably be the only one that they have. So please read through this. Please give generously to that. It's out in the lobby. Also, uh, if you are new at all to the church, you know, you've been, maybe this is your first Sunday, or you've been coming for months, but you just don't really feel like you've had a chance to plug in yet, immediately after the service, back in the kitchen, which is right on the other side of that wall, uh, we've got a pastor's welcome. So you'll want to come back there immediately after the service to meet with Tom, meet with me, and a few of the other leaders. And we look forward to seeing you back there, all right? So if the ushers could come forward, let's go ahead and stand. We're going to continue our worship as we take the offering this morning. Lord, we, uh, we just appreciate the opportunity to gather together this morning. And as we lift your name up, as we worship you, as we praise you, Lord, I pray that you would help. God in our lives, the reality of God in our lives on a consistent basis is uh, not entirely unlike... Uh, the fire triangle that we learned in grade school, you know, that these three things, fuel and heat and oxygen, come together and fire happens. And in a similar way, there are three kinds of faith that come together, that when they come together, you will experience the fire of God. And they are saving faith, power faith, and abiding faith. The first week, you may remember that as I talked about saving faith, we're talking about that faith that you release in the shed blood of Jesus Christ so that you become saved. And that that's a personal moment in everybody's life. Uh, you know, you're not born into the church. You must be born again, the Bible says. And so everybody has that moment in their life or that awareness. It happens differently for different people. So don't all, you know, be careful not to compare your experience with everyone else's. But just be sure you're a person who can say, I have fully released saving faith in Jesus as my Savior. I have fully, I am fully trusting in Jesus as my Savior, right? Because the Bible says that it is, it's by, by grace, through faith, that you are saved, not by works, lest any man should boast. And uh, so we don't want to think it's about trying harder and doing better. But being saved is about releasing faith, full life-depending confidence in the blood of Jesus and his shed blood for us on the cross. That's the saving faith. And experiencing the fire of God begins there. There is no way to experience God in this way apart from saving faith. Last week we talked about power faith and that whole concept of, you know, God wants to come. God wants to come and move among us. God wants to come and demonstrate his love for us in powerful acts of mercy, in acts of healing, in acts of deliverance, in acts of provision. And God wants to come. And this is a power thing. And last time we talked so much about being sure we understand that when we're involved in the flow of the power of God, that we are not generating that power. It is not up to us, right? Was that liberating for some of you? That was liberating for many of you. I'm off the hook. Yeah, you are just what in the circuit? Does anybody remember? You're the switch. You're just the switch. God is the power. You're plugged in, which we're going to talk about today. 
plugged into God in abiding faith. And because of that, you're ready that whenever the Father says, there, I want to heal that person in the name of Jesus. You close the switch and you have faith and bam. And that's what power faith is. It is not up to you to make the thing happen. It is up to you to be plugged into the Father, in love with the Father, knowing what the Father's doing. And so then seeing who he wants to love next. I think it was you last week, right? I think you were sitting in about the same spot, as I recall. Well, today I want to complete this series of messages by talking about the third kind of faith. And I'm calling it abiding faith. Abiding faith. And by that I mean, you know, there's a daily faith that we are meant to release that causes us to abide in Jesus. That causes us to have fellowship with God. That causes us to be, have relationship with God. And it's a daily kind of thing. It's actually a constant kind of thing once it gets rolling in your life. But that this whole concept of experiencing God and experiencing the fire of God is not something that you kind of go and do and then don't do. But it's an abiding, continuous reality of God in your life. Do you know what I'm talking about? Say yes or I'll start again. Okay, so, so God wants wants to connect with us in this abiding way. Jesus said, I'll never leave you or forsake you, even when you'd rather he did, right? In those moments in your life where I hope Jesus isn't around, he's there. Okay? It's an abiding faith. The desire of God is for us to abide in him, to live in him, for him to be our home. This is an abiding faith. Let me show you what I mean. Turn in your Bibles to John chapter 15. If you don't have a Bible, it's fine. Uh, Well, I'll be reading this stuff, and some of it will probably be putting up on the screen behind me. John chapter 15, and now, while you're turning there, you know how fond I am of establishing context before we start reading the content. And the context is, Jesus is giving a long message of last words to his disciples. He'd lived with them for three years. He now, he was coming to those last few days of his life. He had washed their feet in John chapter 13. That was a big day. John chapter 14, he said, In my Father's house are many mansions, but were not so, I would have told you. He said, There is a heaven. And he said, I, now, and I'm saying, now I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And so he's setting these guys up. I'm about to leave you guys. You're about, it's about time, time, time to put on your big boy pants, because I'm about to leave, is what he's saying. And so the things that he's saying are uh, a continuation of these last words that Jesus is giving. So that's the context. And starting then in John chapter 15, Jesus says, I am the true vine, the true vine. A lot of false vines, you know. Have you noticed this? There's a lot of ways that people say, no, here's how you connect with God. And it doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't connect you to anything but religion, empty religion. And Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. Now, one of the interesting things about John chapter 15 is the whole trinity is in this chapter. John, he says, I am the vine, the son. My father is the gardener. If you look on down to verse 26, you remember he said he's going away. He says, when the council... I'm so sorry about this. We're experimenting with a new mic. Failure. I'll have the old one on for 11 o'clock. <laughs> Do you want to come back? Uh, actually, the popping is the move of the Holy Spirit. When the counselor comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. So he's talking, Jesus is talking plainly about the coming of the Holy Spirit. 
So in this John chapter 15, we have reference to Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, all in one little chapter there. But he says, my father is the gardener. Interesting. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes. Now, in this, he's got to be referring to Israel and mostly uh, unfaithful Israel. John was all about this. In John chapter 1, it said that in the word became flesh, it said, but, and he came to his own, but his, meaning the Jews, but his own did not receive him. Yet, here's the good news for we Gentiles, yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become what? The sons and children of God. So what he's re- that's what John is referring to through the gospel. He's saying, you know, Jesus came as the fulfillment, long-awaited Messiah, but clearly the Jews didn't receive him. And so when Jesus is saying, you know, the Father cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, that, that, that Israel is about to be cut off in this way. Now, a lot of technical theology that I'm not willing to get into, parts of which I don't even understand, about the place of Israel in God's heart. And so I'm not saying that Israel doesn't still have a place in God's heart. That's a very detailed kind of explanation. But what he's saying here is that there's about to be a change. And he says, um, so, that you, so that it will be even more fruitful. And then he says, you are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Doesn't that seem like it's sort of, out? What, do you, what do you mean clean? Why are we talking about cutting and now we're talking about clean? The phrase for the gardener, the vine dresser, going out and cutting off unfruitful vines in a vineyard was called cleaning. And so it's not that they went out cleaning the vineyard doesn't mean, you know, you're going out and washing the leaves. But it means you're cutting away those parts of the vine that do not bear fruit. And that's cleaning. And those of you gardeners, you get that with your tomatoes, right? You can have a great old, big old, leafy tomato plant. It can be six feet tall and have hardly any tomatoes on it. Because you've got to get those suckers out of there, don't you? You know what I'm talking How many of you know what I'm talking about? You've got to clip those things off because they're just sucking life out of the fruit. And so he says, you know, this is going to be a change. He says, now you guys, he's speaking to his disciples, you're already clean. In fact, you're already in position to bear fruit. Why? He says, because of the word I have spoken to you. So when the word of God comes to you, people, listen, you're in position to bear fruit. When you receive the word of God coming to you by way of the Holy Spirit, you know, and you're like, you always have a choice, right? You hear the word, and you receive it, or you reject it. When you receive it, you perpetuate that abiding relationship. Um, but on he goes. He says, remain in me, or abide in me, as the King James says. Remain in me, and I will remain or abide in you. No branch can bear fruit. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. So in these first four verses, he's talking about, he's talking about the church, And he's saying the church will be clean because of the word. And the church will be grafted in as a vine where Israel, because of its unbelief and its unfaithfulness, something's going to change. And again, I'm not prepared to fully discuss the change, but something's going to change. So that was all about the church. But now he makes it very personal. And he says in verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. That could still be plural. But he says, if a man, now he says if a man, A woman is in parentheses there, all right? If a man, if a man remains or abides in me, and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If a man, Mike, now we're dialing all the way down to you. So it's not just about the church. The church 
is the beloved bride of God, and so we are connected to the vine. But now for us, we have some decisions to make, don't we? We have some personal decisions to make. And it's not just about being a part of the church, but it's about being a part of Christ on an individual basis. So Mike is over there constantly making the decision to make sure that connection is good. Now I want you to see, so Mike stands up here and he leads worship, and the Spirit of God flows through him. Yes? Yes. The Spirit of God flows through him. That could not happen if he were not properly connected to the vine. Because there's something that happens. He says, now, he says, if a, if a man or a woman abides in me and I in him, he'll be, he will bear much fruit. It's going to happen. You don't have to try to bear fruit. You just have to make sure your effort is fully devoted to staying connected to God. That's abiding faith. He said, if you do that, you will bear fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. You can fake it, yeah. You can fake it, and sometimes you even convince yourself for a little while. But in the end, that just winds down. And so what, when we're talking about abiding faith here, we're talking about this reality that God wants us to be plugged into him, you know, plugged in on a daily basis. You know, we teach discipleship here, and we teach you how to you know, what we kind of call have devotions, you know, to have a time with the Lord each day when you're in the Word and you're in prayer and you're in worship and these, we try to teach you these things. But it's still all up to you, isn't it? It's still the reality is the onus of responsibility is still on you as to whether or not first you're going to do that in a disciplined way and second, what you bring to the party when it happens. Because how many of you, like me, sometimes have gone, oh, yeah, my devotions, blah, 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 Thank you, Lord. Anybody? You're pouring down five cups of coffee while you're saying, yes, Jesus, I am being still and knowing that you are God. And you know it's not happening. Come on, right? And you're taking some sort of false confidence in the fact that you've checked off the hangout with God box, right? But in reality, we have to keep exploring this, this concept of dialing down and being still in the company in the presence of the Lord. And that's an expression of abiding faith. You, now, you see what I mean by abiding faith? Say yes. yes. So you see what I mean by it? It's not just like a one-time thing, but it's, a, it's like breathing. It's like breathing is abiding faith. Didn't mean to make your song selection there, Mike. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, I know, that's silly. It's terrible to tell inside jokes in front of hundreds of people to one guy, huh? I just have no discipline in my mind, you know this, but it's it's part of what endears me to you, right? Thank you, Dora. One person says yes, the other says, not so much. Uh, So in this context, then, Jesus is saying, abide in me. And this is an aspect of faith. This is an aspect of faith. Faith and a daily expression of faith. And what I need to tell you, if you want to flip your Bibles over to Matthew chapter 14, I want to show you something with, uh, with respect to this. Now, Matthew 14. Now that we have these three things in place, we want to talk about the relationship between the three. The relationship between the three. And... Uh, they're, first of all, these things are meant to be experienced in a certain order. In a certain order. And you can't get carts and horses mixed up here. 
or you'd be very confused. And obviously, I think I've made my case that first we have to experience saving faith. Jesus said in John chapter 3, he said, unless a man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So you're not going to move into abiding faith. You're not going to move into power faith without first being born again. This is the first step in experiencing the fire of God. I can't look at you and tell you if you're born again or not. I wish I could because, boy, I'd be after some of you, man. I'd camp on your doorstep. I can't. That's a personal thing. That's a very personal thing. But, beloved, you must be born again. You must be. You must be born again. This is the beginning of faith. This is the rescue of your eternity. But it's the beginning of faith. But now, if you look at John chapter 14, you say, well, which comes next? Abiding faith or power faith? Which one do you think it is? What? Abiding? Are you sure? You're sure, Dora? Okay, don't move off that position. You'll be a hero in a minute. But look at this. In John chapter 14... Jesus just did something. He just fed the 5,000. That's a big day. Would you say that's power faith? Yeah. Wouldn't you like to have a day like that? Fed the 5,000. Well, then what does he do in verse 22 of Matthew 14? What's the first thing he does? Immediately. Immediately. How fast is that? That's right there. Jesus made the disciples get into a boat and go on ahead of them to the other side. He said, get out of here. I'm through with you guys. Get in the boat and go away from me. Very resolute. And while he dismissed the crowd, so he sent everyone away. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. And when evening came, he was there alone. Now the praying, so he went up on the mountainside to abide with the Father, yes? But didn't he just do power faith? So didn't the abiding faith come after the power faith? No? Bring it, Dora. You really should be the pastor here. You know that? That's a beautiful thing you just said. He had to, you know I'm teasing. But I so appreciate what you're saying. You have to abide in Christ in order to have the power. It looks like that's the direction here, right? But here, here's the deeper picture of what's happening. Jesus had abided, abode, <laughs> what's the past tense? Hung out with the Father. <laughs> Jesus had done that. And now he was, he was living out the power reality of everything he had seen when he was with the Father. He saw this before it happened. Because in John 5, 19, Jesus said, I only do what I see the Father doing, right? Well, how do you see what the Father's doing? You abide in him. You hang out with him. You have that consistent development of relationship where you're alone with him. And you develop that wonderful move of his voice in your heart, in your mind. And then, so Jesus was, in every case, was acting out what he had seen in a previous moment of abiding. Uh, Gosh, you want to see it again? Say yeah. Yeah. Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1. Start in verse 29. As soon... As soon as they left the synagogue and went with James and John to the home of Simon and Andrew, Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they took Jesus and they told Jesus about her. So he went to her, took her hand, and helped her up. And the fever left her, and she began to wait on them. Is that power? Yeah, that's power. 
That evening after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and demon-possessed. The whole town gathered at the door, and Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons, but he would not let the demons speak because they, because they knew who he was. Is that power? That's power. Next verse, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. That's abiding. But you say, yeah, but didn't he just do it after the power? Well, he did. And the reality that he had done everything that he had seen, and now, because look what happens next. Verse 36, Simon and his companions went to look for him, and when they found him, they exclaimed, everybody's looking for you. But Jesus replied, let's go somewhere else. Why would he say that? Because the Father showed him, you're done here right now. You're done. By abiding in the Father, you're done here. Yeah, you could go back and you could put on a big show. But that's not what the Father was doing. There were still diseased people. There were still demon-possessed people. There was, there was still need. And Jesus said, no, I'm not going to go do that. I'm not going to go do that. That's not what the Father is doing. And he knew that. Look what happened. Let us go to nearby villages so I can preach there also. That is why I've come. So he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. And he just went wherever he had seen with the Father, is, is, my, is my understanding of this. So we have to get this. Saving faith is first. Abiding faith is second. And then uh, the power faith is third. The relationship between these things are, is really pivotal. Did you know that it's possible to simulate power encounters? That it's po Do you know that it's perfectly possible to simulate power encounters that are not really God? Did you know that it's possible for you to even think, for a person to even think that they're expressing power faith? And actually, they, they have been deceived by the devil. Did you know that? Turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 7 and see some haunting words that Jesus said to some people who had come to him. Matthew chapter 7 and verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the what? The will of my Father who is in heaven. Not everybody who says, Lord, Lord, who can put on the show, is doing the work of the Father. But only he who does the will of my Father. How do you find out what the will of the Father is? You abide in him. Look, it gets worse, much worse. Many, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles. Lord, Lord, did we not do these things? And then he, I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. It gets worse. Away from me, you evildoers. They thought they were doing good. But they were not doing the will of God. And they were simulating power faith. And did you know that in those situations, someone else was answering their prayers? You know that in 2 Corinthians 11, verse 14, it says that the devil himself, that Satan himself, will masquerade as an angel of light. He will masquerade. He'll come to the party as an angel of light. 
And you might pray to drive out demons. You might pray to heal the sick. And it might happen in front of you. But unless you've been with the Father, you don't know if you're doing the will of God. And walking around naming and claiming everything just because you feel like it is not a guarantee that what's happening before you is of God. Satan would be happy to drive out some demons in front of you if it kept you from going to the Father, if it kept you from abiding with the Father. Is this making sense? So we get all excited about, man, I have authority. I have authority to heal the sick. I have authority. I have authority to preach the gospel. I have authority. Did you know that you can talk someone into praying the sinner's prayer? And say, there we go. Another notch in the belt. You know what? If you're not hanging out with the Father, Jesus said, abide in me. And look in that, in that passage in John chapter 15, after he said, I'll send the Spirit, and, and he will testify concerning me, the next verse says, and then you must go and testify concerning me. As a result of abiding in the Father. How many of you, like me, sometimes hate to share your story of faith? Come on, come on, come on. Don't sit there and lie to me like that. How many of you, like me, have held back because, oh, what if I, what if I, what if I? That's a clear indication that I have not been with the Father. Because when I'm with the Father and I see somebody who's ready for the gospel, it's an easy, wonderful, loving thing to do. I mean, this affects us on so many different levels. This abiding faith. Let me give you an illustration and then we'll... See what the Father wants to do. If you're new here to the vineyard in Grove City, I'm a very high-tech person. With this whiteboard, I think I have launched, catapulted myself into the 1960s, perhaps. But as we think about these three kinds of faith, I brought my own this time. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Now I'm ready. (laughs) So if we talk about saving, you know why I do this really? Because I want to get a camera so that it has to go up on the big screen because then I could be a TV preacher. That's why I write this stuff. How many of you don't believe that? I know. Power faith, abiding faith fire of God. This is your experience of God. It's happening. Okay. I want you to think about it in this way. I want you to think about this as conditional faith. Conditional. What do I mean by that? I mean when you exercise this faith, your condition changes forever. John 3.18, Jesus said, whoever accepts the Son has eternal life. He says, but whoever, he says, but whoever rejects the Son is, is condemned already. Because he has not believed in the name of God's one only Son. Whoever accepts the Son is not condemned. That's saving faith. But whoever does not, whoever rejects the Son, the Bible says, is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one only Son. So this is a conditional faith. Okay? By contrast, then, I want to call this a constitutional faith. And by that, I mean. 
When you abide in Jesus, it changes your constitution. It changes the constitution of your life. It changes what's important, what's not important. It changes your worldview. It changes everything. It changes your view of yourself. I mean, how many of you would like to be healed of that critically condemning self-image that you have? When you abide in Jesus and he calls you son and he calls you daughter... He expresses his unconditional love for you personally. That changes your constitutional. So that's a constitutional kind of faith. This power faith I'm calling situational faith. In other words, there are situations that call for an expression of the power of God. True? I mean, I would have to say, I'm not one who feels like I express power faith every day. Some days are just kind of normal days. I, uh, you know, I, I live in saving faith. That's an ongoing thing. I abide in Jesus, and then I'm ready for any situation that would arise, right? That calls for a flow of God's power. Another way to think of it, I think of this as connective faith. Connective. This is how we connect with God initially. We are not a part of the vine. We are not connected until we release saving faith and authentically invite Jesus Christ to come in and take residence. That's a connective kind of a faith. This over here, I want to call a contemplative faith. This is a contemplative faith. You know what I mean by that? It's a It's a quiet kind of restful faith where we're resting in the presence of God, where we're resting in the fullness of our salvation. It's contemplative. It's thoughtful. And then I'll call this over here kinetic faith. Kinetic. You know what kinetic means? Phil does. Lots of people in this room know what kinetic means. It means energetic. It means express. The difference between kinetic energy and potential energy. Kinetic is an expression. It's on the move. Now, that's what this power faith is. It's okay, now it's time to move. It's time now that I'm plugged in. It's time to close the switch so that God can move. Is this making some sense? Now, what I want you to know is that you have to have this before you do this. You have to. And some of you get a little frustrated with yourselves and you go, I don't know, I hear all these people having these great experiences with God and they stretch out their hands and the sick are healed and the dead are raised and I don't know, i just kind of not getting it. Well, I want to ask you then, are you here? Are you living here? That's the big question, isn't it? I mean, you, you get to look at this as we really think about this whole thing and you get to look at this and say, uh, where am I? Where do I need to be today? What do I need to do? Some of you need to be saved. I don't know who you are. I wish I would have. Some of you need to be saved. Some of you need to be born again. Some of you need to come to the place of inviting Jesus into your life. Some of you need, you say, I know I'm saved. And you shouldn't doubt it. If you're saved and you know it, don't let any tall, bold guy talk you out of it, all right? You're saved. Are you abiding in Christ? Are you abiding? I mean, is your whole life being ordered around the presence of the Lord? 
Are you a person who wants to be with the Lord, who wants to press into the Lord, wants to experience the Lord? Are you a person who's accepting the invitations that God gives you, you know, kind of going up the on-ramps into the presence of God, or are you still thinking about it? Maybe, you know, maybe you are. You're saying, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm A and B. Okay, what's happening here? Because if A and B are happening, you need to get to C. God's expecting us, soldiers, to, pour, to be that, close that switch. We're with him. We understand what he's doing. We have a view of what he's doing. And so we can just come in the name of Jesus. I know God wants to bless you too. There's a, I'm going to say it out loud, there's a despair, there's a hopelessness over you about some things. And I know that God wants to just, I can see his hand, he's just right here, and you're going to respond to him, and he's going to pull that away. I know that, I can see that. And so I just close the switch now in Jesus' name, just pull that away. I see you guys like popping out of the top like children. You've been under a cloud. You've been under a cloud. And it's, it's, it's understandable given your circumstances, some of your circumstances. But I see, I see what the Father wants to do. And I just close that switch in Jesus' name and see his hand move. Does it depend on me? No, it's just how God works. He's, he's the one moving it, and he's going to give you joy. He's going to restore joy to you in the name of Jesus. He's going to set you free. This is what you can do, beloved. This is what you can do. This is what you can do, church. This, is what, this isn't just for the professional Christians. It's for all of us to be engaged with God in this way. So I want to open it up for opportunity for you now just to respond to the stirring of the Lord inside of you. Let's ask the Father what he wants to do. Father, what do you want to do? <laughs> I know you wanted to bless Harry and Anne, and that's already happened. I know that. We just still ourselves before you for a minute and ask you what you want to do. Holy Spirit, move among us now. Move among us. Here's what I hear the Lord saying. If you, you just want to keep your heads bowed, it might be better. But there are some in here today, right now, who are saying, I want to be saved. I get it now. The light's coming on. I want to, I want to ask Jesus to come into my life as my Savior and as my Lord. I, I want to get connected to him this way. I want, I'm ready for that. Maybe you didn't expect to be ready for that today. Maybe it's all a surprise. Maybe you knew before you came that today was going to be the day that you were going to give your life to Jesus. And if you're a person here today who wants to ask Jesus Christ into your life as your Savior and your Lord, I just want you to raise your hand up so I can see who you are. Just lift it up. Some of you are saying, I, I know Jesus is my Savior, but I don't connect with him. I don't abide in him. 
I want to release this faith. I want this to become a reality for me. If that's true of you, would you raise your hand? Let's hold it up for a second. every person whose hand is raised just saying I want to connect with you Lord. I want to abide in you I want to be a man, a woman, a young person of abiding in Jesus Holy Spirit come Okay. and some of you are in this room and saying I, I, I'm ready I do abide in Jesus and I'm ready to be used as a vessel of power, a switch to close the loop, see God's power work in front of me, raise your hand beautiful beautiful power of God come for these people who who do get this and they're connected to you in a way they're ready it's a time in their life to see your hand stretched out in front of them power of God come for them power what we'd like to do now is take a few minutes to worship God and pray I'd like to have some of our prayer ministry people come on up come on up along the sides here Go ahead and get up now and come on up and make yourselves available to pray with anybody who comes to you. Prayer ministry people, come on up, please, and take your spots there.